Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to Horror Bites. And this week, it's slightly different Horror Bites, uh, slightly shorter time constraints. Uh, as they are, a bit of a hectic month means we sort of scrambled around, but luckily it's Steam Nexus, so we picked out a particular game that we brought up earlier in the year in our most anticipated games, which is, of course, Hollow Body. Um, yeah, as you should know, the demo is there on for Nexus uh, from Headware Games. So the demo is basically the opening half an hour of the game, real scene setter, so in, in case you're not sort of uh, clued up on what this game is about. It's basically like a futuristic UK where, you know, this is, uh, you're a shipper, basically, someone who goes in, you're going into this towering, decaying area, you know, after a collapse in society. And unfortunately, there's a fault in your flying car thing and it crashes into this desolate old council estate style place. And yeah, you basically uh, in the demo explore some of these council flats on some of the floors and slowly sort of discover the horrible, terrible things that have happened to the people here. Um, so it's kind of Silent Hill by way of Signalis, I would say, in terms of like having a tech infused element, possibly a bit like Bluvertine's. Um, Game which now names are not helping me today. I'll tell you. Observer. Observer. Yes. Sorry, I kept being cyberpunk in my head, which is like no. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's observer is probably the most relevant in terms of like um, decrepit, you know, locales and uh, future tech. But I said uh, you know, when we were talking about this game in the most anticipated ones, at that what for me is so striking is that sort of UK environment. You know, it's such an untapped resource i think for survival horror because there are places that already look like silent hill to be honest um and lo and behold a scrappy old barren town that's now no longer really inhabited by anyone sane i, I suppose is the best way to put it 
makes for quite a uh, enticing setup. And I tell you what, the demo just got me on board so quickly. Like um, presentation, the music, just the whole look of it. You know, it was just something else to sort of see how well realized that he's made this game already. You know, and the fact that it's hopefully coming soon, according to the end of this as well. And just giving you time to sort of drink in that atmosphere in this half hour demo. Like it's about two thirds of the way through before you really face any proper combat. And you know, it is playing like an old school survival horror, you know, fixed cameras, changing angles, things like that. But with a sort of helpful overlay, which is very technological to sort of point in the right direction uh, of where you've got to go. And when I talk about the presentation, it's not just the world itself, but like the menus. I, like the menu screen in general, that sort of overlay over like the faint image of the character in the background, not Micah, and you can sort of see her face there. And it just, yeah, it feels like, honestly like a game that came out back then, like that, but has just somehow been forgotten. Yeah, that, that's the biggest compliment you can play, pay this game is that despite the obvious homages that are there and, you know, have been admitted to it doesn't feel like those. It feels like its own game in so many ways. And I'm so, so happy that the atmosphere is just nailed from minute one and just everything just, you know, despite, you know, some stuff obviously not being quite finished as is sort of said in the beginning, it's still just so detailed in terms of like the environment, in terms of what you can do in it and like how that tells the story of the place. And really, the only things that aren't quite there yet is some animations that aren't quite fully done yet, which is fine. But they even don't feel like a problem because, again, it feels like back then. And so you can kind of forgive it as it is because, and to be honest, even if it stayed that way, I wouldn't mind because the tone is just perfectly there. You know, and just moody, decrepit sci-fi horror is a really good place to go and yeah nailed it uh, I, I assume you probably share a similar sentence <laughs> yeah man i mean this is one of those things where when we chatted about it in the beginning of the year i was like yeah from what is available it looks promising but actually getting to see the follow-through with paying close attention to these highly detailed environments because you know in the previous game from the developer it was chasing static which was first person and you know you'd be exploring these environments very intimately and Going from a first-person perspective to this more traditional survival horror, not necessarily third-person, but these fixed dynamic camera angles and whatnot, yeah. part of me was thinking, like, okay, are we going to be able to apply the same level of detail when the scope of it or the scale of it is going to get larger, right? And I yes. think that very smartly from the opening moments, they show you, you know, the scope of the production value for this, which is you have that intro cutscene, which is really, really well done, cut. Um, and you know, the way in which they incorporate, uh, really great voice acting and just the sound design of that, I thought was very impressive. And then immediately have you crash down at ground zero. And it feels like a continuation of the chasing static environments with the same level of detail, just viewing them through that new lens, um, which I was really impressed with. And I love this particular flavor of sci-fi horror in that it's not, too over the top in terms of the technological advancements. Yeah, you have a flying car, you're wandering through the streets and you see like a crashed mech that took out a house. You see this very strange like 
fungi stuff that's growing all over the place. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it still feels like it's grounded in sort of the um, row houses or apartment blocks in the UK, right? I have a very limited frame of reference for that from one trip I went like 15, 16 years ago. But it feels like a believable place, whereas, and this is not a knock because these, the game I'm going to compare it to Signalis, at very different intention, but that is very clearly a game set in the far, far future based on the environments, which is fantastic for that game. For a game such as this, though, which is in somewhat of the near future, it's nice to not lose that sense of realism in those environments, but still having the advancements be um, a big part of them, but not to the degree that it's like, oh, this is completely unrecognizable. Uh, I think about when you get inside that apartment and just little things like you've got these digital locks on the doors, yeah. or you've got these digital HUDs that are in everybody's apartment. Um, but the way that this game takes a step further in not only the environments, but giving the player tools to unearth more about the environments. You have two tools. One of them is, it's essentially like a codec reader yeah. um, that when you get to certain environments, if you use it, it basically plays echoes of events that occurred in a specific area, which was a feature of Chasing Static. Mm -hmm. um, I forget if it was tied to that device or not, but it was just nice that this level of sort of environmental storytelling is there. Um, and the fact that you don't just have to have like a cutscene that plays out or something along those lines, more traditional lines. Um, and I think also like that first environment before you get to the apartment is so open that you could miss that echo that I was referencing yeah. when you find like a checkpoint that then plays out and tells you about an event that occurred previous to your arrival. So I think having a larger environment and allowing, or I suppose rewarding players for exploring all the nooks and crannies with some narrative nuggets um, is a pretty smart way to go. And then another facet of that codex is like when you come across some corpses, it basically will scan the body yeah. and then it tells you their name. I think it was an occupation or their age. And then more often than not, like their cause of death, unless you come across a body at one point and it's like, Oh, you don't, it says a uh, cause of death unknown, mm. which is kind of like ominous. Cause the first <laughs> two bodies you find, it's like, Oh, they died of dehydration. They died of an overdose. This person, we don't know how they died, but you can still see their like disheveled corpse. Um, so that was like a nice balance, I think, of the sci-fi with those sort of more grounded nature of the environments. And um, yeah, you know, in terms of combat, you mentioned some of the animations aren't finished. I would say what's here is still incredibly promising. You know, combat yeah. is usually the sticking point with a lot of these games that are trying to channel that early 2000s um, survival horror and whatnot. But, you know, I think the worst thing you could say about it is that it's very similar to Silent Hill and uh, Resident Evil, which is not you know yeah. a knock against no, it, no. right? That's pretty good, pretty good uh, comparison. So I think that seeing those animations get a little bit more refined will be this kind of nice touch to them of what was already pretty promising. Yeah, and you know, going back to the sound for a minute, I think beyond the soundtrack itself, the audio quality is just ridiculously good. You know, that, like mm. it really just gives this sense of space, you know, the, the echoing of the hallways, the sound of the creatures as they come around. And even the, the gun is just so chunky, you know, in the right way. It just has that hit that, like, even after I played it, I went to videos as well to sort of do the second, you know, the eye test of like, oh, if I missed this, anything. And there, even there, without it being in your hands and playing it, like, you still get the kickback effect of it, the feel of that gun. I mean, 
there are games you know with rumble and everything where sometimes the guns don't mm. even feel like they're much like yeah <laughs> i mean that's just a pistol effectively it feels because yeah. god if there's a shotgun in this game it's it's got to be a contender. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to take the headphones off and use that one. Yeah, we'll get the rumble ones on. <laughs> <Just like laughs> full effect. <laughs> I would say also, you know, there was uh, one brief puzzle in this game. And, you know, it was probably pretty familiar, probably that's mm. in terms of the the logic behind it, right? You need to scan your environment. You need to interact with these picture frames and then, you know, deduce what the code is from these clues that are in there. And while it's a pretty simple puzzle at the same time, it speaks to this game paying homage in the proper way, I think, to the games that it's trying to evoke. Yeah. Uh, again, that kind of Silent Hill, Resident Evil influence uh, and the like. So, yeah, this was one of those demos that I thought made me even more excited for a game. And sometimes when I get it, my hands on a demo, it's like, OK, this is a very specific, highly curated section. And I think that Hollow Body's demo did a great job of just kind of letting you soak in that atmosphere, as yeah. you said. The combat's not until the back half of it, which is really smart. Um, the fact that, you know, you have the freedom to just explore these streets at your leisure and then getting into the apartment and whatnot. I think the only thing I could say about it was I came across a couple of rooms that I was scouring and there was nothing of interest in them. Mm -hmm. There was a couple instances where I was kind of just wandering around this room and you can interact with things, but it's like, it's a dirty pile of garbage. Yeah. It's a bunch of dirty dishes, which, you know, is flavor text, which is not a bad thing, but no, no. you need, if you're going to have a room that you can access, there needs to be a purpose for why it's accessible. If, you know, whether it's a health kit, whether it's ammo, whether it's a clue, whether it's a key item. Uh, and there were just a couple instances where I was like, oh, okay, there's nothing really to, there's no purpose to this room really. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I can see how that's a problem sometimes. But also, I don't tend to mind it if, the rest of the game is kind of put in the way because I think sometimes it's fine to put an empty room or two in for emphasis that, you know, not everything's really there for the game for you to play. It's just like it's there. It's to show you that the area exists beyond what you need to do, which I, I'm happy with because I think when you go back to classic survival horror, there are often places like that. So I think it's probably a deliberate sort of design flaw, if you will, and they, they've gone that way with that. So... I was just thinking it would have been a better use, I suppose, of the space to have some of those corpses that are telling mm. a story in that empty room, because at the end of the day, those mini little narratives are completely inconsequential to, you know, your end goal. So like separating those little corpse um, environmental storytellings yeah. from like a room that just holds a key item, like that would have been a way again to kind of reward the player with, you know, they want to navigate and uh, explore at their leisure not every room is going to have something super vital, but you at least get a little reward in sure. the narrative or a further understanding of the lore. So I'm not saying that's like a huge detriment or anything like that, but I was just oh, you know, yeah, yeah. thinking about the use of space and whatnot. Exactly. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, yeah, I think that wraps stuff. We don't want to go too deep on this if we're more than likely going to be doing an episode on the full game in the near future. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll wrap it up. And as ever, if you are a developer of an indie horror game, demo concept or game geometry, we would love to hear from you. You can drop us a DM at SaferInPod on Twitter or SaferInPod at gmail.com for email if you'd like to be highlighted or interviewed on the show. Jay, thank you for joining me for this slightly briefer uh, Horror Bites. Uh, we will be back next week with a, a full fat one, we promise. And in the, in the meantime, we'll keep searching for more 